Strauss, and welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. Once it was thought to be improper to mix psychiatric medications, but that has changed over the last couple of years. Indeed, even television ads now are supporting that mixing medications may be the proper way to go. With us today is Dr. Earl Eckstein, who is a psychopharmacologist in Palm Beach County in Florida. And Dr. Eckstein, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Abby. It's always a difficult question that needs to be considered when treating a patient as to when it's time to introduce or even to start to think about adding a second drug. When, when would it come to your mind that it's time that a person needs additional medications, not the primary medication? Well, basically, you would add a second medication when a first medication has had a full, adequate trial and isn't helping. That would be the usual case or or when it's had only a partial benefit and you need to try and get full benefit. The second case is sometimes if patients have very severe symptoms and you need more than one medicine to address more than one symptom, you might even start with more than one drug. But in general, we try to keep things clean and simple and try one medication at a time. But these days with an increasing number of available effective medications and medications that are more and more specific as to what they do in the brain, we're able to mix them in a reasonable and effective way and have a a higher percentage, more people who get good benefits. Is there a rule of thumb as to how long someone should be on a medication before a second medication is considered? Well, it depends on the drug. If we're talking about depression, then Usually one would give an antidepressant medication a month, roughly, to see if it helps. I think the the traditional teaching is that antidepressants take up to four to six weeks for maximum benefit. On the other hand, there's some studies that have come out recently that show if patients aren't showing much improvement in the first few weeks, they're less likely to show improvement. So we, we may actually be a little overly cautious in waiting four to six weeks that perhaps we should add on a second uh, and it, uh, a second agent to boost the antidepressant earlier, maybe even after two or three weeks. Is there a, a ratio of patients who are on medications or half the patients on medications? Does anybody even know how many patients are on different or combined medications? Oh, I would I would bet that most you know, busy psychiatrists treating patients. I would guess that more than half the patients are on more than one drug. I, I would be very surprised. I would agree with you. Lower. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. I mean, it d- depends. It, the simple additions like a sleeping pill at night or a benzodiazepine like a Xanax or an Ativan or a Clonopin added onto an antidepressant, those are very common. And uh, even more complicated combinations such as mood mood stabilizer or an antipsychotic to boost the antidepressant, that's becoming more and more common too. You know, you made a point before we started recording how it can be very confusing to people because they see things called one thing and yet we're using them for something else. You made the mention of antidepressants being used as an anti-anxiety drug. That's confusing. That's right. I mean, these medications that we use, you know, haven't uh, read the uh, DSM-4 or the textbooks of psychiatry, they do certain things chemically in the brain and there's a certain overlap. Drugs, for example, the serotonin reuptake inhibitor antidepressants, the most common class of antidepressants, the Prozac and its children, the serotonin 
reuptake inhibitor drugs boost serotonin chemical transmission in the brain, and that has multiple potentially positive benefits. Not only does that help depression, but it helps relieve anxiety, it helps with anger and temper, and it can have several important benefits across diagnosis. Also, many forms of depression are associated with a lot of anxiety or agitation or even psychosis, and medications that can help with those aspects of the illness uh, can make what we call polypharmacy, multiple drugs, very reasonable. Also, Abby, I just want to remind people, it's not just psychiatrists who use more than one drug to treat an illness. I mean, if you uh, look at our colleagues in internal medicine or endocrinology, for example, I, I would think the majority of patients with uh, high blood pressure are treated with more than one drug because you know, there's more than one mechanism to lower blood pressure. Patients with diabetes uh, often are on more than one drug to help modulate their glucose metabolism. So it speaks to the fact that our medicines are not uniquely powerful and able to, with just one medication, fix everything. That, that's right. That's true. That's another way of looking at it, that we, uh, we still have a lot to learn that can't uh, get people better with one, one simple treatment. There's a television ad now going on, and it's about um, a medication which is advertised to augment the uh, effectiveness or, yeah, what's we'll use the word effectiveness of antidepressants. It's confusing because it started its life as an antipsychotic. Can you walk us through a little bit about how it ended up being an augmenter to an antidepressant? Yeah, you're referring to aripiprazole. Or Abilify, Abilify, yes. yeah, which is uh, one of a class of drugs that's referred to as the atypical antipsychotics or second-generation antipsychotics uh, and could also, uh, just like I said, the antidepressants could have just as easily been called anti-anxiety drugs or what, what they do. The uh, so-called uh, second, uh, atypical antipsychotics could have been called uh, mood modulators as well. They are, uh, as a class, they help with mania, they help reduce levels of agitation, anxiety, irritability, and they tend to uh, have some antidepressant properties, particularly to boost antidepressants like the serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs. It's, it's, it's a very interesting question why that happened. I, in my practice, I use the atypical antipsychotics a lot, and I found them extremely helpful in treating depressed patients who don't have a good response or, or who only have a partial response to their first antidepressant. I, I find they're, they're very helpful. You know, and, and the first thought might be, well, gee, these are just medicines that are helping someone calm down, they're sleeping better, they're less agitated. But I don't think that's the case, and the literature bears me out. These drugs are not just treating the agitated depressants. They're helping depression across the board. They're actually increasing energy for a lot of people. A lot of my patients with the depression who are given an, an antipsychotic in addition to their antidepressant will report that their energy improves. They feel perkier. So it's not just sedating. I mean, there is some basic science uh, research to suggest that the uh, the atypical antipsychotic cause, uh, at least initially, release of neurotransmitters, chemical messengers like norepinephrine and serotonin to help boost the antidepressant. But I think actually we have a lot to learn. I think we know that these drugs are effective. I'm not sure we quite understand the the, uh, the exact mechanisms yet. That, that, that sometimes happens in psychiatry, as you know. Some of our most wonderful discoveries, like, for example, the effectiveness of lithium in bipolar disorder, were discovered somewhat accidentally, and then we went on to learn from the fact that they work, learn how they work, and learn mechanisms of how the brain works. Which brings us to a question that often comes up, and that is, 
what level of danger, if any, is there in mixing medications? Once upon a time, there was a great deal of concern that all the side effects would accumulate and the person would be worse for it. How do we look at those now, the side effects, how dangerous are they, how do we monitor them, and so on? Yeah, and another good question. It's I treat a lot of elderly patients who tend to be on a lot of medications because they've accumulated a number of illnesses as they go through life. And sometimes they'll tell me, say, Dr. Epstein, I'm on so many medicines, I can't take another one. And I will point out to them, well, you, you may be on, you know, six drugs for your diabetes, your hypertension, your arthritis, and your coronary artery disease, but you're not in anything that's going to help your depression and your anxiety. So, you know, let's let's work on that aspect. But we do know that medicines all have side effects, and sometimes the side effects can add on to other side effects, and you do have to be cautious and careful. That's why patients go to a doctor who understands the medicine that they're taking and reviews the other medicines they're taking and looks for interactions. And it takes time to get to this balance. It, yes. It just does. It is a balance. But again, a lot of the newer psychiatric medicines are more and more specific and have less and less side effects, and they're, they're easier to use in combination. For example, I see a number of patients who've had significant cardiac disease, either heart attacks or bypass surgery, and many of these patients will benefit from having a serotonin reuptake inhibitor antidepressant added. And there's good data to show that patients, say, after a heart attack will do much better with an antidepressant than without. But, you know, these are drugs that are pretty much devoid of any cardiac side effects. They're a very safe class of drug for people with heart disease. As opposed to the older drugs that people know as tofernil and doxepin and elevil, which were known as it are the tricyclics and can have very serious right. cardiac yeah, problems. That's, that's absolutely right. That was a sort of a major breakthrough, these safer a whole safer class of antidepressants. So let's spend a moment going through a list of some of the things that people might hear are presented as possible augmenters. And as we do this, I emphasize to anyone who's listening to this that these are not recommendations. We are simply talking about them and that the final decision, any final decision to take a medication or any treatment is a very individualized treatment between the patient and the doctor. So you mentioned lithium. I know for years people used to use lithium as an augmenter. Is it used very much anymore, or did it fizzle out? Was it as good as we thought it was? Well, lithium is used as an augmenting drug to antidepressants for people who haven't responded well to their first antidepressant, and there's some literature to, to show that. You know, lithium is not a totally benign drug. It can have side effects. It needs to be monitored closely. I, I think it's probably being used less than it was before. I think personally tend to use the uh, the atypical antipsychotics type of drugs probably before I use lithium. They work quicker and they're in some ways easier to use, but lithium may be an underused drug. It's an orphan drug, Abby, which is interesting. It doesn't have any pharmaceutical That's company true. pushing it, so uh, that, that may be a factor, but it, it can be uh, extremely helpful for depression. You don't have to be bipolar to get benefit from use of lithium, but, but you're right. It's not used as, as much as it was before. And- and what about when we see people on two different antidepressants at a time? Is that a reasonable thought? Is it an, an unusual practice anymore? Well, yeah, for some people, um, particularly I would tend to use two antidepressants if they're from a different class and they do different things in the brain that can add to each other. For example, uh, Wellbutrin, which is an activating antidepressant, bupropion is a generic name, works through uh, norepinephrine and to some extent dopamine in the brain and can be added to a serotonin antidepressant to basically hit several transmitters in the brain. And that's that's a reasonable uh, approach. Um, 
and you wouldn't want to use two antidepressants in the same class. So it becomes really a very scientific endeavor. And this is when, again, to re-emphasize and re-emphasize to people who are listening, these are not casual additions. This is the product of a great deal of thought and of the doctor really knowing as much as he can about what's going on with the patient. Right, and to use a, a kind of deliberate scientific approach to add one thing at a time. You know, I, I, even though patients may end up to, on two or three medicines to establish an effective regimen, the build-up to that should have been one step at a time and give each step enough time to see how it works. Some, there also needs to be some medical evaluation with this. I mean, you, you know this. I, I know that a thorough medical evaluation should be part of any initial psychiatric care to make sure there's no medical problem that's predisposing. You know. for, for example, um, say patients who have an underactive thyroid, hypothyroidism can have depression as part of that, or the, the underactive thyroid can make it harder to treat the depression. If that's the case, one of the augmenters or one of the boosters one would use would be thyroid hormone, which has been established by research going back many years to be effective for uh, a booster for depression. So before one necessarily um, jumps into adding a medication, if I can be a little simplistic, it's to make sure you really know what the diagnosis is. Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. Now, we see also a tremendous amount of emphasis, or shall I say, use of the anticonvulsants in psychiatry these days. And again, it looks like we're giving people seizure medicines, but we really can call them mood stabilizers and we mix them. I'd like your thoughts about that, please. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's a whole other area of medication where the medications work with certain chemical systems that can have more than one benefit. Uh, the anti-seizure medicines can protect from seizures by their effects in the brain and by the same effects on the same systems in the brain that can also regulate mood, particularly for bipolar patients. I don't think we have any of the anti-seizure drugs that work alone for depression, but lamotrigine or lamictal has a prophylactic benefit in bipolar depression for keeping depressions uh, from coming back. And the, uh, the anticonvulsant can be very helpful for, for bipolar manic states. Uh, there's a number of them that are helpful there. So you're right. There's uh, more than one use for the same medicine. I mean, there's a lot of precedent in medicine for that. Just to name a simple one totally out of psychiatry for the listeners, uh, a class of drug called beta blockers is used for True. coronary artery disease. It's used for high blood pressure. It's used to help treat tremors. And if I can make a pitch for doctors, then it has to do a lot with our training because we have the exposure to hopefully all of these medications and we can combine them when we're sitting across the table from a patient. Absolutely. You know, there's also the whole notion of so many things that people buy at the uh, over-the-counter medications that, you know, chromium and uh, the list escapes me for the moment. But a lot of these have a placebo effect, and yet it looks as if people are adding their own augmenters. That must be confusing for doctors like yourself when people come in and they say, oh, but this is really helping, but there's no evidence. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, homeopathic and herbal type of treatments that, you know, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar business that really have very little scientific foundation, yet some people find helpful. Um, I think some of the drugs are probably very, very mildly helpful, and there's, as you say, a lot of placebo effect. People 
you know, want to do something, they want to do something natural, they want to believe in it, though they may feel that it works. But I, I think in all honesty, we'd be doing people with a significant depressive disorder a disservice to think that they could buy things over the counter or at the health food store that would be very likely to be of a whole lot of help to them. The whole notion of augmentation, or sometimes it's called polypharmacy, is a fascinating area of psychiatry, and it is the area in which we are growing as we learn how to mix things and put things together. And it also shows that we do have some limitations with a lot of our medications. But the key is that the proper use of mixing medications, when appropriate, can be very helpful. Dr. Earl Eckstein is a psychiatrist in Delray Beach, Florida, and thank you so much. This has been very interesting. Okay, thank you very much, Abby. Nice to be with you. Have a good day. Okay.